What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast. I'm excited you joined me today because, again, we have an incredible guest. Today, we have Michelle Mazur. And you know what? She works with brilliant business owners like you who are sharing, shaking things up, but having a hard time talking about it. She combines the tools of successful social movements with the qualitative research skills she earned in her communications PhD to help her clients craft a powerful, captivating message. As the author of three books, she knows that speaking about what you do in a clear and captivating way is the key to reaching the people you could help the most. Guys, we are so lucky to have her here today and to glean all the incredible knowledge we're going to actually learn from Michelle. Let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Michelle, thank you for joining us today on the show. It's so great to have you. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. We are so excited to share with everyone your journey and some of your expertise. And uh, I mean, we don't have that much time, but we do have enough time <laughs> to share some of your expertise along yes. the way. Uh, you know, being an entrepreneur and being in this business space, you know, it's never a straight line, never a straight shot. So I'd love to hear some of your backstory, how you got to the point where you're doing the cool stuff that you're doing today. And let's share with everybody kind of the, the winding road that got you here. Yeah. So my backstory is that I was a trained academic. I have a PhD in communication and I've always been a little obsessive and in love with the field of communication, like how we create meaning, how we persuade other human beings. Nice. So it really made a lot of sense for me. It's like, all right, I got my bachelor's. I went straight into my master's degree, went to a PhD program, and I loved it. <laughs> and then I got the dream. Like I got the academic dream of landing a tenure track position. I was at the University of Hawaii. Oh my gosh. And I hated it. <laughs> like Hawaii is one of the most beautiful places to live in the world. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Not a great place to live. <laughs> like, it's expensive. It's hard to meet people. It's very transient because people come there on vacation. And they're like, oh, I love it here. I'm going to move. And then they realize it's like, oh, I'm in the middle of the Pacific Ocean in the most <laughs> isolated island chain in the entire world. Huh. Right interesting. I really don't like this. And then they move back to the mainland. Right. So I spent five years as a professor at the University of Hawaii. Wow. And then I was at that point where I was like, okay, I either have to go up for tenure or I just need to leave. And I couldn't commit to living there. And I decided to like move. I moved to Seattle where I, where I'm currently still living. And um, I ended up because I was like, oh, I have a PhD. I love research. So I went into market research, which was 
not a great fit, but looking back, I'm really glad I had that experience because I got to work with Fortune 500, Fortune 50 companies and exploring like their marketing and how they message to their audience and how they understand their audience. So that was a a great place to cut my teeth to when I eventually moved into into my own business, which very much started as a side hustle. I had a friend tell me, ask me the question. He's like, do you love market research? I thought, (laughs) does anyone? Like, seriously, does anyone love market research? Probably not. (laughs) And, And he just said to me, he's like, you know, you have all of this great knowledge in your head about communication. And he's like, you really should do something with that. He's like, start a blog, start something. So I ended up starting a blog, which at first was the world's most boring blog, like Ambien had nothing on it because I, I'm an academic. We write in a very specific style. And it took me a while to find my voice until I wrote a very ranty blog post called how not to be a motivational speaker. And that got traction. It landed me my first client, even before I had a business model. And so really I, my first iteration of my business was doing public speaking, consulting, writing keynote speeches, helping people with their speaker marketing. And then I realized I didn't love the speaking industry because they don't really value speakers. They don't want to pay speakers for their expertise. We should just be doing it for free. And I believe you should pay experts, period, full stop. Right. Um, And I also saw how my clients were using the messaging we were creating, like on their website or for like a three part opt in series they were doing. And I'm like, huh, I feel like what I'm really could help people with is how can their whole business communicate in their marketing? Like, what do they need to say in order to get people's attention, in order to diagnose the problem they're having, um, to get them to raise their hand and say, like, hey, I'm interested in working with you. And I mean, that's a persuasion, which I love. And from there, I ended up developing a framework called the Three Word Rebellion, which is all about How do you create a -a one-of-a-kind message that's kind of like your version of start with why or the five-second rule so that you can make your message synonymous with your name? And now I'm like, now I'm kind of pivoting a little bit again. That's still very much a part of what I'm doing, but I see the power of messaging to make marketing suck less for people. (laughs) This is my new three-word rebellion that I'm currently testing out because I, I often see in, you know, in entrepreneurship, like people develop great products, great services, and they think, awesome, this works well, it gets great results, people love it, I need to reach more people. And so they go into marketing and then the marketing doesn't work because they have no idea what to say in order to make people interested in what right. it is they do. So that's where I'm heading. Man, I love that. And you've left me with so many incredible things to ask uh, along the way. So I'm just going to dig in uh, okay. a little bit. <clears throat> I want to kind of go back to the fact that you've done the academic side and now here you are 
smack dab square in the middle of entrepreneurship and oftentimes the academic side and entrepreneurship kind of look at the world differently uh and and they kind of approach things differently i i'd love your perspective having been now in both worlds and understanding it just what's that that big difference is what's the what's the defining space now that you're in the in the entrepreneur space full swing yeah. I mean, the great thing about being an academic is you get to do like your own research, define your own kind of research program, and you really don't have to think about like, oh, is anybody going to care about this? Because it's going to exist in some academic journal that nobody is ever going to read. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how academia is. There's a lot right. of great knowledge, but it is siloed away in these journals that are really hard to read. Right. And I feel like I've been able to take my skills and my knowledge yeah. and really apply them in entrepreneurship. So yeah. I'm, you know, cause like I have like all this theoretical knowledge in my head and I can call up those theories and use them as I'm consulting with the, with the clients that I work with. Because sure. they're just ingrained in me. And I feel like what I love the most about entrepreneurship is it's really allowed me to apply the knowledge that I have in an impactful way that really makes a difference to the people I work with. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the communication side. I, yeah. I know that a lot of times you hear communications and, and a lot of people have studied it and been in that space. Tell me about the what communications is about from the academic side as opposed to how it's being used now for entrepreneurship and what you're doing to help that bring that academic knowledge and that theoretical knowledge into practice. Yeah, I always feel like communication in academia is the most generalist specialty you can have <laughs> because communication encompasses communication with ourselves, communication with other people, interpersonal communication, intercultural communication, mass communication. So it's it's huge in scale. And so there's a lot of different like avenues you can go down. Persuasion's a part of that. And I feel for me, like when I look at communication in entrepreneurship, it firmly kind of sits in this marketing and PR realm, because I'm particularly interested in like, how do we move people from strangers into wanting to work with us? And that's essentially persuasion and communicating in a way where we're centered on the other person and not just ourselves, <laughs> um, which I see is one thing when people are all like, my thing is great and it's great and it does all these great, great things. And you're like, okay, but yeah, what does it actually do for do. me as a human. <laughs> like, so that's kind of the difference that I see. It's, you know, I would say it's, especially with marketing, it's more towards the mass communication side, more towards the one to many. Um, and that brings about its own kinds of challenges. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Let's dig into the word persuasion. Yeah. And um, I think that, that, Sometimes people get 
stuck on this idea that okay well if they want my thing then they should just want it i don't think i should have to persuade them like if my thing was good and and honestly like you you get jump into the mindset of some entrepreneurs and and their thought process is well if my thing was good then i wouldn't have to persuade anybody they would just mm -hmm. buy it and i don't yes. know that that's I, I don't subscribe to that, but I, I'd love you to address it being that this is your space. This is what you talk about. And, and, you know, persuasion, is it good? Is it bad? Should we be, should we not be? Should we be so good that we don't have to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could ever be so good at something that you never have to talk about what you do because there's a whole lot of people in the world who could benefit from what you do. Right. They just don't know about you yet. And I really believe persuasion is a neutral tool, right? It can be Love used it. for good. It can be used for evil. We've seen a lot of that in the online space where people use like scarce and bonus stacks and, you know, blinking websites that are a million miles long that you wear you out and you just make the purchasing decision. They just want to get the credit card. And yeah, there, there can be that kind of sleazy side to persuasion, but persuasion at the end of the day can really be about building an argument for the work you do and why it's necessary for a specific person. Because the people that I work with, they are experts, they're established business owners, and they're great at solving problems. But they have to get in front of the person because there's a person out there who has, we'll just pick like their revenue is down, right? Now, there's a lot of reasons why somebody's revenue could be down. You could suck at sales. You might not have, you know, product market fit. Your messaging might be off. You're not generating the leads. You're not growing your audience to have the demand you need. So there's a lot of different reasons. And so if we really view it as like, okay, I'm going to help you diagnose what your problem is. And then like, oh, hey, you have the problem that I solve cool, let me tell you about it. And all of a sudden, like, I never love like sales as service. Like, I feel like that's, yeah, it can be for sure. <laughs> but I feel like you get to play this role of diagnosing an issue somebody's having and pointing them in the right direction. And that is essentially what marketing is. Wow. And what persuasion <laughs> is. And I think people get um, caught up in thinking like it's all these like, you know, social proof and scarcity and authority and having your rags to riches story and having to be everywhere online. And it's like, no, it can really be this human to human interaction, even if you're talking to multiple humans at the same time, because if you're specific enough, people will be interested because you're speaking to them and their language. And that is definitely an art and a science. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And it takes effort and work. And I feel like sometimes it's easy to look at that and go, oh, that's just, wow, that's, that's heavy. I'll just work on my product. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then I won't sell any of my product and wonder why I can't sell any of my exactly. amazing product that could help so many people because nobody knows about it. Like right. part of persuasion is getting people's attention, persuading them to pay attention to you. That's like the first stop. Exactly. Exactly. So you mentioned earlier and, and 
anybody who's hung out on this podcast with me for a while knows that I am a sucker for frameworks. And you, you said, <laughs> you mentioned your three word rebellion framework. I'm wondering if that's something that you'd share with us and, and talk with us about. Yeah. So my three word rebellion framework came out of a pattern that I noticed. I noticed something that social movements did really well and also very famous and successful entrepreneurs. They were able to distill the change they wanted to create in just a few words, Nice. whether that's like Black Lives Matter, Me Too, Start With Why, 4-Hour Work Week, Everything's Figure Outable. All of these groups and individuals had this message that they wanted to be known for. And I'm like, that's a that's an interesting pattern. How like fascinating. And I took a social movements class like way back in graduate school. And all I just kind of remembered was like, okay, you know, I was, I looked at some, up at some of the research and it's like, all right, all social movements are rebelling against something in the status quo. And then they're clear about the vision, the change they want to create. And I thought, well, what if I let my clients free write on like, what are you rebelling against? What ticks you off in your industry? And then also ask them to get dreamy about like, okay, can like, what change do you want to create? What impact does that have? Um, could I find their core message? And I tried it out with a few clients who were like more than willing to like, they're like, this sounds fun. Yeah, let's do it. And I found that usually hidden in their free writing was this message, this three word rebellion. And at that time, I didn't have the three word rebellion. I just had this idea. Right, right. <laughs> I, I had a framework <laughs> and it didn't have a name. And I remember, and it's always hard to name your stuff, which is why we want a three word rebellion. So, because it becomes easier. Um, and I was having a coffee chat with a friend of mine who's a book coach. And I was telling her about this idea. And she's like, oh, this is really, really good. She's like, it's like a three word speech. And I'm like, I like that, but I don't want to be working with speakers anymore. Right. And then I went home and about a week later, I was just kind of mulling over. I'm like, I like the three words, but what is it? The three words, something. And my business has always been called communication rebel. And I'm like, oh, it's a three word rebellion. Yes. And it's just like, yep, that's what it is. So I created that piece of the framework first. And then something funny happened was I was like, this is such a cool idea. Ah, crap. How do I get people to buy in? Right? right. It's like you have the great product or service and you're like, this is awesome. How do I get people to buy into right. it? And so from that kind of question that I had, I ended up creating what I call a client decision journey, which is like, what are the key messages, the key conversations you need to have with your audience in order to persuade them and to persuade them to work with you, basically. Right. And so I was playing with that, trying to figure out how to message my own thing. And that's really when everything kind of fell together nicely. I love it. You've mentioned that you've got another book coming down the line. And uh, <laughs> not quite yet. Well, okay. <laughs> Eventually. Okay. All right. So we, we, we won't, we won't jump too far into that, but um uh -huh. But I'm excited to hear, you know, is there, 
some more you'd be willing to share with us about that three word rebellion? Can we dig into the weeds a little bit or? Sure. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things to know is that number one, it's hard to find your message on your own because like <laughs> you're in it. Like right. people talk about like, you can't read the label of the pickle jar when you're inside the pickle jar. Right? right. Like I've heard that metaphor a million times and it is exactly that. Like I would not have come up with the three word rebellion if somebody hadn't started me with, Ooh, it's the three word speech, right? Like that, right. it wouldn't have happened. Um, and so it's one of those things like it's, the process, the framework is simple or is easy, but it's not necessarily simple for you to execute. Right, on. exactly. Um, so some of the things you should know, it's always based in free writing because I really believe your three word rebellion exists. It's in something you're already saying, already talking about. I have found them in the strangest places from footers of websites to like watching a client's video and her just like saying some throwaway line and me being like, oh, wait, 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 that could be something like that's that's interesting like that's making me curious so it already exists but the process is like you got to get all your ideas out of your head and onto paper so that you can excavate and see it and deal with it and see like ooh, what are the interesting turns of phrase here what are the verbs you know is you know am i saying something that could get people's attention and make them curious. So it's very much this unearthing process. Right. And three word rebellions come in three different flavors, not surprisingly. <laughs> I love the number three, <laughs> but there are three different types. So the first type is what I call the battle cry. And this is something that is action oriented that starts with a verb. So start with why is an example. Um, I am working on a new three word rebellion, which is make marketing suck less. So <laughs> that's, that is a battle cry. Um, the second type is naming the change or the change agent when you're basically naming like your process. So the five second rule is a great example of that. Cause I always remember when I first heard Mel Robbins say that I was like, five second rule. What the heck's the five second rule? Should I be following that? And I'm Googling and I'm, I'm like watching YouTube videos and her TED talk and all that. Cause I just, my brain wanted to know. Right. And, and then the final type is like a declaration or a mantra that your clients can say to themselves. So I believe like um, Marie Forleo's everything is figure outable is just a beautiful example of something that we can kind of, that gets people's attention, but also is a powerful reminder for existing clients. I love it. That that's, gold guys pause right now if you're listening to this <laughs> pause rewind get your note card like i have if you're watching this if not i have a note card here and i am taking my notes frantically keeping up with this because this is incredible uh and you're gonna want to go and do it not just listen to it go do it this is important uh you know talk to me a little bit about what it looks like for one of our listeners, if they're like, Hey, you know what? Yeah, I, I gotta do this. I gotta work with her and mm -hmm. I, I gotta get in right now. So what's the process? What does it look like? Give me a step-by-step -step of, yeah. you know, when they come to you and you get going, what's going to happen? 
Yeah. So when I work with clients, I move through three, sometimes four phases, depending if they want to stay on and have me help them with their marketing stuff. Um, so the first phase I always start with is the audience deep dive. So really understanding who your right fit client or customer is. That is the first step. So understanding like who they are, what they struggle with, um, what are they feeling, doing, seeing, hearing, what misconceptions do they have? Because all of our messaging starts with who we want to be serving. And the best messaging comes straight from their mouths most of the time. So we do this little bit of audience deep dive work and create a client empathy map, which is something that comes from user experience research, which is just a way to kind of visualize who your person is. So that is phase one. Phase two is the three word rebellion work. And so when people work with me, they get to do all the fun stuff. They get to do all of the free writing and kind of the like, let me just vomit up my ideas onto paper. And then I take those and do my own analysis because I I use like thematic analysis to find what their three word rebellion should be. I identify like who's the villain in the story, like who's the common enemy that's actually the problem here. And so I do all of that analysis and it can take a little time to like dig out the three word rebellion. I have a lot of other tools in my tool chest to like help (laughs) help people get there. Um, And then once we have that, it's like, cool, we've landed on something. It's solid. Now let's move into the client decision journey of how do we move people from I don't know you at all. I don't know if I have the problem you solve to to that buy-in. And for the client, that's just more free writing. They get to spend some time just kind of dumping their ideas out about like what this three-word rebellion means. Does it have a framework? Like, what does that look like? Like, if it was a person, what kind of person would it be? (laughs) Um, So that way I can do the analysis of figuring out, okay, this is what this client decision journey is. And here are the things that you need to say at each stage along the way. And then if they start, if they're like, yeah, this is great. Let's keep going. I can then help them with like creating their marketing strategy to roll this out and also create like getting it integrated into their marketing, their website, their podcast, like all of the assets they already have usually have to be tweaked some to, to the new messaging. I love that. That is so cool. And talk to us a little bit about the best way so now now they have an idea mm-hmm. how can they reach out how can they get in touch because i'm sure there are some people out there that are like yes i'm ready to go i need this yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to reach to reach out to me i guess there's two best ways i am on linkedin at dr michelle Mazer. you can always just send me a dm right. and also to find out about my services to get a copy of the book of the three word rebellion you can just go to my website at drmichellemazur.com awesome that's great and guys you should go and get that book straight away and get moving because you know and i know that the best way to actually like you're listening to this right now guys 
And I know if you're listening to this, then you're looking, you're searching and you're saying, okay, I've got these things that I need to do. And we as entrepreneurs and business owners are always looking for ways to get better. And if you're not, well, I don't even know why you're here at this podcast, but, <laughs> uh, but if you're looking for ways to get better, this is a great way to go. You've heard a little bit about the three word rebellion. You've heard a little bit about the process. It's time to dig in, go check out drmichellemazur.com and you can get your copy of the book there and you don't want to miss out on that because guys, you just can't get enough in this noodle of yours, your brain. You got to get it in there and you got to put it to action. So I'm excited for you guys to do that. And I am stoked about all of this that you've shared with us today is incredible. I mean, such cool stuff. You and I were already jamming out before we even got on <laughs> to record. We could go on and on for ages, but I, I think we'll uh, wrap it there. I wanted to ask you before we yeah. let everybody go, what's some final last words that you can share with with our entrepreneur friends out there that are on this journey too? Yeah. I would say, I know that messaging can seem like, oh, it's nice to have, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it someday. But when you see how it literally impacts everything in your business, from what, it's, what you say on your website, to what you say in a podcast interview, to how you sell your offers, that's all your messaging. So the sooner you lay down the foundation of that, then you get to do things like create marketing assets and create right. systems of marketing. So you can reuse those again and again and again, because really that's how you make marketing suck less. Like you have the systems, you have the message and that. then you can just reuse it. So don't skip over the messaging piece. Cause I know it's like, oh, I feel like I'm like gazing at my navel and it's like, <laughs> no, that work always pays off. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you and everybody out there listening, go get the book, do it now. Don't wait, take action. And don't forget, keep choreographing your business. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.